What is big? At UCF, being big provides options. Big creates opportunity, and Big offers more than 80 accredited online programs and certificates that fit your life no matter where you live. Ranked as one of the nation's top 15 online programs by U.S. News & World Report, UCF Online is more than just convenient, it's life-changing. To apply or search for degrees, visit ucf.edu online. In front of a live audience at OLC's IELOL Immersion Experience, I'm Kelvin Thompson. And I'm Tom Cavanaugh. And you're listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. It's amazing what you can do with special effects. That almost sounded real, didn't it? Yeah, we Tim pressed that applause button just at the right moment. Boy, that yeah. was, that's, that's good budget spending there. That's, that's, that's awesome. I-E-L-O-L, Tom. Yes. How do you spell that? <laughs> Institute for Emerging Leaders in Online Learning. It's a long-standing uh, professional development program run by the Online Learning Consortium, previously the Sloan Consortium. Uh, for many years, uh, was the uh, was the child of our good friend Larry Reagan Hi, at Larry. Penn State, and um, is now uh, kind of roaming about the country. Last year, it was with Dave Soleil in Washington State, and this year, next year, it's here in lovely. Balmy Orlando. It is balmy. Is it yeah. balmy here? It, yeah. It's balmy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody's thrilled about the No. <laughs> it's funny, weather is a big theme that we talk about often. Oh, and yeah. um, It is. Uh, I was saying to somebody on the phone today that uh, August is our penance for February. Because February is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's Very not briefly. now. No. It's not it's awesome not now. now. Yeah. No. But air conditioning, as we talked about in a previous episode, I've been yeah. telling everybody your story about how the Dr. Capitol Gorey. building, Dr. Gorey, yeah. is featured in the Washington, D.C., the dude who invented air conditioning. Yeah. I like him. He's my friend. <laughs> it's He's actually a buddy. statue in Washington, D.C. That's him. awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yep. All right, so, Kelvin, you have pre-poured. I have pre-poured some coffee into your mug and my mug, but we have a guest we'll introduce momentarily. Yes. She's sans coffee, Tom. I know. It's all right. It's all right. We've had guests who do. We're, we're, we're trying to be before. inclusive. We welcome people regardless of their, their coffee aficionado-ness, affinity. Aficionado-ness. <laughs> I don't know. I make up stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Something like that. You want to know what you're drinking? Sure. Lay it on me. Uh, and try not to spill it on you. So today's coffee was a gift to me, so re-gifted to you and to our listening audience out here from Massachusetts Colleges Online, and it comes to us specifically from Shelburne Falls Coffee Roasters in the village of Shelburne Falls, Massachusetts. And I love this. The tagline of the roastery is roasted and blended by hand. As opposed to by foot. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> wine, wine's probably blended by foot. By foot, yeah. I saw that Lucy episode. I love Lucy. You know, she was stomping by, the grapes, right? By elbow. Something. Yes. Uh, okay. So well, that's cool. Yeah. It is artisanal. It is artis. It sounds like you know. I was reading the whole thing on their website. They started up this uh, this couple. They started off going from like festival to festival, carrying their hand roasted coffee, and then carrying along their little kid with them. And now she's the general manager oh, <laughs> of the wow, place. And that's cool. they've got an expanded. You know, they got cafes and all that. Anyway, you know that I love a great single origin coffee. And do I ever yes, know that? That's right. Yeah, I'm not sure you knew what single origin coffee was before. <laughs> before we started doing this. I'm but now you sure wish you... I know what it is now. <laughs> but today's coffee is a blend. Okay. You know, which is okay. That is fine. That's all right. Now, this blend specifically is called Rainbow Roast. Rainbow Roast. Ro Rainbow Roast. They have all these titles for their blends. And, and they have 
They have stuff that they say about them. So this rainbow roast, we're told, is an ambitious and meticulous concoction of five different roasts and four varietals from three continents. Oh my. Yeah, right? It sounds like yeah. a lot of stuff. And since these loquacious roasters give a purpose statement for each of their coffees, let me just add this, that this rainbow roast routinely dispels illusions. Wow, that's an ambitious coffee. It, it, isn't it, though? Yeah. All right, so uh, how's the coffee? And I don't know if you noticed, but there might even possibly be some connection to today's episode and the topic in said description of the so coffee. So the, uh, the coffee is good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. it. It is a bit strong, which for me, you know, any, but, I, but I like it. Yeah. And the connection is good, Kelly. Oh, it's been a long time coming. That's yeah. abusive. I like it. Yeah, we, Kelvin, your, I'll turn to the audience. His connections are sometimes better than others. Yeah. Um, but today, I think I get it. Well, that's that's good. So maybe that's a great uh, segue to introduce our guest, who's I think sitting so. so politely here, enduring mm-hmm. this banter. Sans coffee. So we are joined today by our friend and colleague, Dr. Liz Chiboki, who serves as vice provost for digital learning at St. John's University in Queens, New York and who is also a faculty member here for OLC's IELOL program. So this is Liz's second appearance on TopCast. She was our very first TopCast guest, way back when we were baby podcasters <laughs> in episode number nine. Nine, zero nine, single digits. Single digits, single which digits. was called Telling Disruptive Stories, Women as Leaders in Online Education. So you, Kelvin, interviewed Liz back then. I did. About some of the work that she was doing with research into in advocacy for women as leaders. Today, we're hoping to extend the trajectory of that topic into a broader conversation on the importance of diversity alongside related concepts such as inclusivity, equity, advocacy in online and digital learning leadership. We're gonna do all that inside of 30 minutes. Yes. It's amazing. So welcome, Liz. Welcome back, I should Thanks say. Thanks so much, Tom and Kelvin. Ooh. It is lovely to be back here today with you. Well, you got you got other people to look at, so the lovely part is probably <laughs> on them. But, you know, hey, well, at least we offered you coffee. You didn't drink it, but, uh, Yeah, know. I'm about as caffeinated as I need to be right now. <laughs> That's what Tom says, but I give him some anyway. Yeah, I drink it for the integrity of the show, and, um, oh my gosh, sometimes if we record two in a row, I, I drive home from work with my head buzzing. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to have you back, though. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, we, we, we didn't know what we were doing with the interview stuff, so our, our producer, Tim, loaded us up with gear, and we went into your conference hotel room and kind of balanced on the edge of a desk. And, <laughs> and this is better than that, right? This is great. I yeah. mean, you know, there was some advantage, I think, to having that, that privacy for that mm. first interview. It was a little less daunting. Now I'm in front of a live audience here, <laughs> yeah. and it's, yeah, uh, no it's exciting. 2,000 yeah, people no sitting here in front of you. I mean, that's, that's no, awesome. No pressure. Thousands. Thousands. So, Tom, you want to uh, kick us kick off Kick us here? off? Yeah. Sure. Okay, so Liz, we can sort of just jump right in. Sure. So, uh, from your vantage point, why do you think it's important in our community to have an ongoing conversation about diversity. And, um, and I know when we were talking about this, this recording prior to, um, to you coming to Orlando, uh, you mentioned inclusivity, equity, equity, and advocacy. So why is that important to online learning leadership? Well, look around the room. Okay, look at the group. Mm-hmm. We're a diverse group of people, and we represent uh, a, a thin slice, I, I would say, of the larger higher education landscape. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the short answer to your question, Tom, I believe, is we have a legal, moral, and ethical responsibility to do this. Mm -hmm. um, there's tons of legislation that I won't, I won't go into around these issues um, in higher education. Uh, but at the end of the day, for me, it's very personal, and I, I suspect for lots of folks in our audience, this is a very personal topic. It's not always an easy topic. It can be a very controversial topic, mm -hmm. sensitive. Uh, but at the same time, we have to push through all that because um, we are still grappling with uh, the fact that we have problems with representation of women and people of color in particular in the field of higher education generally. Um, I don't have hard statistics on uh, those statistics for online learning specifically, but as part of the larger landscape, I think we have an obligation to examine these issues and to really uh, take part in the conversation, the larger conversation, um, with our colleagues outside of, of online learning as well. So I'd like to you know, have the opportunity to talk about things that have changed since the last time we spoke, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and some things that fortunately or unfortunately have sort of remained the same. Mm -hmm. Well, you wanna do that? Sure. What do you think has changed and what do you think has not changed? For well, you? okay, great. So, you know, thinking about when we aired the, the, the first interview, which was January 4th of 2016. Ooh, you knew that. You I have it right here. Yeah. Tattooed on the back of your She's arm. Right, it's tattooed. right here. It's funny, I got every um, episode tattooed on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> what has changed? Um, I'm, I'm gonna stick with my notes here because I, I really do wanna hit some of these very important points. Um, so since that time, uh, I think what we've witnessed in our country and in the world, in fact, has been a wave of activism, mm -hmm. a wave of, acti of activism, uh, particularly among women and uh, particularly among people of color. Uh, we have witnessed Women's March on Washington, women's marches all over the world. Uh, we also witnessed the emergence of the Black Lives Matter movement. We have seen a surge of activism around issues of sexual violence and harassment, mm -hmm. which was actually started by women of color and facilitated by uh, a major social media campaign back in 2017, mm -hmm. which, uh, of course, I'm referring to the Me Too movement. Right. So um, a record number of women were elected to the U.S. Congress in 2018, midterm elections, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, including higher numbers of women of color than we've ever seen before. Uh, issues of diversity, inclusion, equity, and advocacy have taken on a, a much greater significance in our current political climate, I believe. Mm -hmm. And they're very much at the forefront of higher education as well. So I hope that kind of brings us to where we have been yeah. and what's changed. Uh, what hasn't changed, unfortunately, is, is some of the statistics around... Um, representation in higher education. So, want me to launch into that? Please. Sure, and you're talking about, about probably the, the broader. I am. Because you, you had said that, you know, we probably don't know the specifics necessarily within online learning, which sounds like a great research area. If, yeah. if Eric Fredrickson needed something else to do, yeah. <laughs> we'll since he's got here. that list of online learning yeah. leaders, as we've talked about in another yeah. uh, TopCast episode, we could actually survey everybody maybe and get into something, yeah. but we don't have that. Right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm going to talk about that Ooh. just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's nice. Um, but let's, let's go through just a few uh, salient points here about uh, representation of women and people of color and leadership in higher education. So I'm going to refer to the American College President study that was done in 2016 um, and give you some information from that study. Just 25% of college presidents are white women. 25% white women. Only 5.1% are women of color. Hmm. 
Those percentages may be a little bit higher now because this was 2016, but I, th I think we're still in a place where less than a third of um, all college presidents are women. 58.1% um, of college presidents are white men, only 11.8% are men of color. So while we focused on, on women's leadership uh, in our last episode, I, I wanna continue in that vein, but I also wanna talk a little bit more broadly sure. um, about these issues. So that's at the highest level of leadership in, in higher education. Let me just add this, and this really took me back a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and this comes from uh, a report called Administrators in Higher Education, which was done in 2017, so just two years ago. In every category of administration in higher education, whether you're talking about athletic directors, facilities directors, student life administrators, uh, enrollment managers, academic administration, you name it, whatever category, there isn't a single category in higher education administration in which white men and women are less than 75% of the workforce. Wow. That's pretty sobering to me. Yeah. And, and I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, hmm. In the categories of staff, administrator, faculty, other professionals in higher education administration, for every dollar earned by a white man, Okay, every dollar earned by a white man, women of color earn about 85 to 89 cents, white women earn about 82 to 93 and a half cents, and men of color earn, they do a little better by the way, earn about 88 to 98 cents. So we're looking at issues of representation, we're looking at issues of compensation, and we're still not where we should be. Right. And we can break this down and slice and dice it any which way you like, but that's the cold hard truth. Yeah. Yeah, so when you talked about um, Eric Fredrickson's study, yeah, yeah, let, me, yeah. let me come back to that for yeah, a second. Yeah. So Eric Fred Fredrickson, our, our good colleague and the president of the OLC board currently, did a, a national study of online learning leaders in US higher education, also back in 2017. Mm -hmm. And when he undertook that study, the sample that he identified was a sample of 820 online learning leaders, okay, 820. About 255 of them actually responded. Um, but of those 820 online learning leaders, the only real demographic information that I could glean that would be relevant for today is that they were about 50% male and 50% female. So I thought, well, that's good news. Yeah. You know, at least we've got, you know, some gender balance in, in that pool. Better than 70-30. Yeah, better than 70-30. Yeah. But this, again, is, you know, a small, yeah. a small sample. So... That's interesting. You know, every so often here at UCF, within the Center for Distributed Learning, we will look at our male to female ratio. Mm -hmm. We'll look at, uh, you know, what kind of representation we have. And uh, the last time we did this, I think we were exactly 50-50 male-female, which mm -hmm. was interesting. It, it's hard to hit that exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, we couldn't have done that if we tried. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I wonder if that's an indication of a trend that might potentially is emerging? I mean, are we seeing, can you infer anything from the data you, that, you, um, that you got from Eric's, looking at Eric's demographics, even though there might be some selection bias in that because right. not everybody responded to that. Correct. Um, but do you think it's indicative of maybe a larger trend of, of maybe seeing more women um, you know, rising to levels of leadership within online learning? Well, 
We know that women's participation is at, is, a, is at a higher level than males. As, as students in higher education, right, right, right. As, as employees in higher education, right. we already know that there are lots of women in the pipeline, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of women in the pipeline. The question, the, the critical question that you're asking is, are they rising in the ranks? And we haven't seen enough movement to, of women into these senior leadership mm -hmm. uh, positions or any positional leadership position at rates that um, impress me at all. Mm -hmm. uh, we're still pretty much in the same place we have been you know, over the last three years since we did our first podcast. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm encouraged uh, by the fact that there are so many women in the pipeline. We have more work to do to prepare those women, support those women, and get them into these leadership roles. Um, because we, we also know from the research that uh, organizations that are led by women uh, are productive organizations. Um, they, uh, they have been shown to be um, high performers. And so I think that there's a real rationale from a financial standpoint as well as from all these other <laughs> standpoints that we're talking about today uh, to make sure that women are positioned as senior leaders. Good. I was just going to say, just an observation about myself, that sometimes I tend to think of this very much from a rational standpoint of... Um, you mentioned the word productivity. <laughs> and when we've, we've done uh, uh, diversity podcasts before, episodes before, and yep. we've talked about some of the studies that have been done that have shown that diverse teams outperform teams that are right. not diverse. Yep. And even if you took away sort of the, the moral or ethical or representative arguments yep. uh, in favor of, of uh, increasing diversity and equity, if you just said you're going to be more productive you're going to have better outcomes. I mean, that in and of itself, I think, is an argument for it. Absolutely, yeah, I would totally agree. Yeah, on a lot of different dimensions, right? I mean, uh, race, ethnicity, uh, sexual orientation, gender identification, uh, religious or non-religious background, cultural background, uh, modes of thinking. You can just kind of go down the, the whole rabbit trail, right, as opposed to, I want people to be just like me and we'll all be happy together. You know, that we're, we're better together in our diversity, right, mm -hmm. as, a, as a thing. But I wanted to ask, Liz, from your vantage point, from your observations, you think a lot about this stuff. We've been talking a little bit about the numbers and how we're doing, and that was, I believe the word sobering is what you were, and now makes me think we, we should be drinking something else. <laughs> a little stronger. Um, a little stronger than the coffee. Something a little stronger. Uh, maybe. Um, but I heard uh, a speaker um, a few weeks ago who's a researcher broadly in this area, uh, Dr. Joanne Canales from uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi say, I hadn't heard this idiom before, she said, well, diversity is being invited to the party, inclusivity is being asked to dance. And I like that. I like that quote too. I came across that. I thought about that, throwing that in here somewhere. You beat me to the punch. Oh, there it is. Well, I wanted to know, like from where you sit, within our broader online education community, from what you've observed, how inclusive are we when it comes to our senior leaders? You've talked about some of the numbers on kind of where we land, but how, as a community, how inclusive are we? And I guess that's within our institutions and in kind of in our broad cross-section community of online mm -hmm. education. Um, I'm trying to unpack your question a little bit yeah, here. Sorry. Can you help me? Sure. So, so we have how we're doing, like, you know, this percentage of women, this percentage of men, or, right. or, or uh, persons of color or not. Right. But how, how inclusive are we? How, how welcoming are we, right. either within the institutions or in our kind of, like, say, 
we have a, a thing here sponsored by the Online Learning Consortium, our broad online education community. How inclusive right. are we? I think that's uh, it's a tough question to answer on one hand because um, I think that campus climate studies and things of that sort can yeah. answer some of these yeah. questions. Um, I don't have them top of mind right now sure. and I don't have the stats to throw out, but I think that the fact is we are trying desperately to assess um, those exact kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. um, how inclusive, how welcoming, how accepting. Um, it's hard for me to say, mm -hmm. but I do know that there is not a higher education institution that I can think of that doesn't have some kind of initiative in place, an office in place, a committee in place to deal with issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I can speak from my own experience at my institution where there was an incident um, that prompted some very significant and quick action. Hmm. Uh, and it had to do with issues of diversity and, and inclusion. It was a, a student-related incident. But it had such an impact, students were so passionate about it and so upset by it that it really prompted the leadership to take action that it probably should have taken previously, but you know, it, it just took something like this to go to, to happen. Um, and, and it's unfortunate that it had to come out that way. Hmm. But at the end of the day, what we ended up with was um, the, uh, the allocation of resources to, to creating a new diversity and equity and inclusion center, uh, a student center and a faculty center on our campus, hmm. um, a new position within our institution of a, of a chief diversity officer. Hmm. I would bet lots of you come from institutions that already have that, but we didn't. Hmm. Um, and we're a Catholic and Vincentian institution, so you know, diversity is um, not the easiest thing for us to tackle, quite frankly. Mm. But I think that um, we are working very hard to come to terms with shared language and definitions around what we mean by inclusivity, right. what we mean by diversity, what we mean mm. by, by those terms, and that's a first step. Um, we're also working very hard on multiple fronts. So. Um, we're working through our faculty center and our student centers. We're working through our HR department, you know, on faculty hiring practices, on curricular initiatives, all the way around. It's a big, big undertaking. I'm optimistic about where we're going, even though I don't have, you know, a perfect response to the question. I think that we're heading in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Thanks we, for that. We had a former president, John Hitt, who used to say that uh, you can be diverse. Mm -hmm. Everybody hate each other. <laughs> Let's not. The key, the goal <laughs> is to try to be inclusive. So, you know, it's just another way of saying that quote uh, that, yep. that you just shared. Yep. You know, it's, it's being able to bring your authentic self to work yep. and, you know, have your talents put to their best use in, in the service of a shared mission. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, the, the broader context here. You know, we work in online higher education. We work in the higher education landscape. But what's going on right now, um, politically, socially, uh, it has an, an effect on all of us, mm. you know, across the field. And I think that um, we have to acknowledge that. We're living through, in my view, a really tough time right now. It's mm -hmm. just difficult, mm -hmm. it's upsetting, um, and we can't remove ourselves from that context. You know, we live within that context as well. Yeah. So I think that taking up, so having the opportunity to do this today at this time in, mm -hmm. in, in our lives, I think, is, is a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm grateful that we're able to 
take it on. So do you have any advice for our listeners and the folks in the room that if they want to be more diverse, inclusive, to you know, promote advocacy within their own individual contexts as leaders emerging in online learning, um, is there some nice tweetable piece of advice that you could offer? Well, Tom, this comes in the session I'm doing tomorrow. Okay. Ooh, nice plug. So I don't. Nice I, plug. You know, Sorry for everybody who's listening. I don't want to give listening. away all the good all the good nuggets gotcha. here and today. No, but um, but maybe a little teaser. But really, um, yeah, I mean, there are certainly uh, personal, sort of individual strategies that we can all pursue to 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 learn more about these issues ourselves. Um, and there are resources that I, that I will mention uh, tomorrow in the session. Um, certainly as, a, as an agent within the institution, um, there are definitely ways to get more involved and uh, become more of a champion, I would say, for, for these issues uh, at the institutional level. But you know, finding your seat at the table uh, around topics like this can be challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about some of those strategies in the session tomorrow. Do you mind if I ask you? I mean, uh, it's great for the folks who are in the room, but the, for the folks who aren't, who are listening, uh, are some of those resources linkable? Could we put those in the show notes for this episode? That might be a good... Yeah, uh, I, got, I have a few things up my sleeve for right, you. That's yeah. good. All right. So, if you haven't been going to the show notes, dear listener, you that's can go right. there and find carefully curated... Stuff just for you from Dr. Liz Chipoki. Yeah, a few bonus party favor surprises. That's right. All right. Make life better. Awesome. So, Kelvin, any parting thoughts? I have no parting thoughts. Okay. Tom. Well, thank you for the coffee. My cup is empty. Okay, I can um, pour you some more. Yeah. You want some more? No, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I can uh, I can kind of uh, wrap it up for us. Wrap it up. Land um, the plane. Something. Put a bow on it. Put a bow on the All plane. of our various that metaphors stuff. that we use. That's true. So inclusivity, diversity, equity, and advocacy are um, um, among our, our sorry among our community senior leaders are important goals for online education. And I think Liz has definitely reinforced that. Yep. These are also important concepts for all leaders to embrace and promote so that, our, so that our institutions are stronger, better places to work, more productive. So uh, Liz, thank you so much for taking time out to, uh, to be on TopCast yet again. Thank you so much, Tom. Sure. Love to have you back. Yeah. Thanks, Kelvin. When you can drink coffee. I'll try to keep that in mind for the next time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We'd welcome you even if you didn't drink coffee. That's right. Even if yeah. you were a lowly tea drinker. <laughs> See, that's what not to do. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I guess we'll say, maybe we'll sign off and say, until next time, for TopCast, I'm Kelvin. And I'm Tom. See ya. See ya.